630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores. Darnell Nurse. Riley takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. show going ocean pearl by the legendary canadian band 5440 they're playing k-days tomorrow on the tim hortons north stage starting at 9 30 my name is reed wilkins this is inside sports on eskimos and oilers radio 6 30 chat and i'm pleased to welcome to the show the drummer for 5440 it is matt johnson matt welcome to inside sports how are you doing i'm very well thank you thanks for having me on it is great to talk to you. This is uh, really fun to have you to kick off the show tonight, man. Fifty four forty. I was reading up on you guys, and like I like I, sometimes I forget. Thirty eight years. Is that how long you guys have been going now? Oh, stop it! Okay, stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been thirty eight years. I, I guess something like that. I, I think I've been in the band about thirty four. So I was the new guy for a long time, about, and now. Uh, Dave, our guitar player, he's a new guy, and I think he just celebrated his 15th or 16th year with us, something like that. That's amazing. I, I mean, you probably get asked this all the time, but I, but I got to ask, because that's, that's a long time. That's a, that's a long time to, to stay together, to keep working together. What has kept you guys going? What's kept 5440 working and successful for so long? Uh, I think uh, each of us have tiny little brains. <laughs> I think that helps a lot. Um, you know what? I think it's just uh, we've always um, had very short-term goals, like let's let's make a record, let's tour, let's make the next record, and without looking too far ahead. And suddenly, you know, once in a while, you look back in the mirror, and ten years has gone by, twenty years has gone by, thirty years has gone by. So it's really uh, um, kind of a we look quite incrementally. I think. Um, at our career and and as we do looking forward as well well see matt i you, you came on a sports show and you're basically giving me the one shift at a time cliche right <laughs> you're right you know one game at a time one shift at a time yeah, yeah. and i hope you're giving 110 percent. that's also important oh more than that more than that <laughs> Uh, I mean, when you're, you obviously, it's, you know, being in a band, I, I would compare kind of to being on a team. Everybody has to know their role, do their job. But uh, is it important, too, that, like sometimes do you guys need your alone time or to say, okay, we, we, uh, we need to take a deep breath and maybe uh, spend a little bit of time apart, too, or how does that work? Uh, 
There, you know what? There, we do, uh, but there are there are lots of similarities. There's no question about it. Every one of us have, have developed roles on the team. You know, we have our power play specialists, and our soul. You know, it's 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 quite similar. But uh, yeah, I think our downtime is as important as when we're together, for sure. Um, uh, we all have uh, families and and other you know other parts of our lives that need attending to so uh but when we get together though it's uh we get off the plane and um head to the hotel and check in and we look at each other and we basically say you know five minutes down the down in the lounge and and uh we sit together and have a beer and catch up it's 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 uh it's great Matt Johnson joining us on Inside Sports Drummer for 5440. They're playing K-Days tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, when uh, obviously, you know, your publicist reached out and, and I, I said, do you want somebody from 5440 on your show? I said, yeah, well, preferably, uh, I mean, we'll talk music, but preferably someone who's a big sports fan as well. So when I knew it was you, Matt, I go on your Twitter account. Great handle, by the way, Matt the Drum. And uh, <laughs> uh, it, it appears to me, Matt, you may have been supporting England at the recent World Cup. Yes, I was, and uh, quite proudly. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if Canada was involved, that's that's my that's where my heart, where my heart lies. But. Uh, yeah, I've always been a fan of England. My family, you know, relatives from there, and uh, so England's my team in the World Cup. And then uh, um, I've rediscovered my love of, of uh, soccer um, over the past, you know, ten years or so. So uh, um, I've got Whitecaps season tickets. I take, you know, my my bandmates to games when I can, and uh, so uh, I really, really enjoy the game. So when you when you look at England's performance, do you feel satisfied? Do you feel thrilled about getting to the third place game, or do you feel, you know, uh, and I know they're young, but do you still have that worry? Well, what if, what if that was it? What if they had the chance here and they didn't quite grab it? Uh, I think you all of those things play in your mind. There's no question. At, you know, at the time it was it was devastating, but uh, looking back, it's. Uh, I think it's quite an accomplishment, and and you you have hope. You you, you know you see um, you see hope for the future. And uh, the thing about the World Cup, it happens every four years. And and the one obviously again it happened. I don't think there's been it's the same teams that win the World Cup over and over and over again, right? So it's it's hard to win the damn thing. So when you get this close and and when some of those big teams were, were knocked out, like uh, Brazil and Argentina and Germany, you thought, well, here's a window. You know, here's a window. We, we, we might be able to squeeze, you know, uh, squeeze a World Cup um, uh, win out here uh, and get ourselves to the final. And uh, never didn't happen, though. So, um, But a great World Cup, though. I mean, uh, I'm sure you guys paid attention to it, but mm-hmm. this World Cup was incredible. I, I, I don't remember one being this this good uh, in my lifetime. Matt Johnson, drummer for 5440, joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. So I might see you, you, you referenced uh, you're from the West Coast, from uh, from Vancouver. Uh, what else is it for you? Uh, Canucks, Lions, uh, you know, if it's Canucks, where are you at? They're, oh, yeah. they're going through some tough times like the Oilers have and still did last year. Yeah, Canucks uh, have always been my team. Um, 
they, uh, I grew up, I, you know, 1970 when they entered the league, and I remember as a kid listening to games being broadcast on my transistor radio, and so, you know, I've, I've kind of um, not divorced myself from the team, but I've, I've given myself a break because we're talking going through the 82 finals, we lost, 94, we lost, 2000. Uh, 11 we lost that's it that's uh i don't know you know that's tough to take so i I think i've slowly you know pulled back a bit not on the support but on paying attention to it and waiting for this rebuild to take hold and i think we we, we've turned the corner i think with the sedines retiring um uh a couple of draft picks and i think within two or three years, uh, um, I, I think we'll be uh, headed in the right direction again. You know, Matt, I had an NHL player say to me after the season that uh, that the Canucks will be better without the Sedins, and he didn't mean that disrespectfully, but he means, you know, sometimes there's that odd, you know, they're retiring and they're they're still playing uh, important minutes, but now maybe it's time for other guys to, to grab that, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Matt, i, I got to ask you this. You, you, you've grown up to be a, a rock star, if if I could go back in time and interview a twelve year old Matt Johnson, though, would have he preferred to be a rock star or a pro athlete? <laughs> oh, I would have been a pro athlete. I played. Uh, that's probably when I stopped playing um, uh, league hockey. It was around then. I, I I just everyone else grew around me, and I just stayed. I, I think I was in my twelve year old body until I was about twenty. Um, I just didn't grow in high school, and everyone just became giants around me, and uh, um, and uh, so I, you know, I was kind of a finesse player, um, but I wasn't a great skater. So uh, yeah, I ended up uh, um, retiring at age twelve. <laughs> huh? Get that? Huh? <laughs> That's yeah. great. Was it always? But drum- I had a great. I had a great career. I must say. Yeah. <laughs> was it always drums for you musically? Yeah, always drums. As a kid, I just always, I just loved drums. I remember my mom taking me to some outdoor concert in Stanley Park, and it was, you know, I guess back then full of hippies and stuff, and I just stared at the drummer the whole time. It was just, if I was going to play music, that was going to be the instrument, no question about it. And uh, but I mean the the poor drummer's always stuck in the back though, Matt. And in music videos, he's never featured as much as the lead singer. You've been through all that, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, I didn't get into music for the glory. That's for sure. It was uh, I. I just you know, and I, I I did I loved drums, but I think the main reason I got into a band was for music it wasn't even for drums it was just to be involved in creating and playing music that's what it was about for me you know we we mentioned the similarities uh, of uh, of the teamwork and the roles between sports and being in a band i i think there are a lot of parallels uh in sports you got to put in a lot of practice so you're prepared for that moment whether it's executing a play or or playing a concert uh, i mean is performing live still the same thrill as it was, you know, 34 years ago when you joined 5440? How would you compare the feeling of uh, playing live from then to now? I, I think there's... Uh, there were times when it was a thrill, where it was... Um, 
you know, just an absolute adrenaline rush where you were scared out of your wits. You know, it was you were just on the cusp of either having a breakdown or I better go on stage, you know. And uh, now it's there's uh, much more of a an appreciation of you know how long we've been doing this and the guys have been playing music for and uh, with, with and and uh, it, it's uh, yeah it's, I think it's more it's thrilling but in a uh, thrilling in the sense of you know boy I can't wait to wake up and have my cup of coffee in the morning you know where it's just it's one of those things where you just appreciate but it, it's it's not it's not an overwhelming um, thing. Matt, uh, just a couple more quick ones for you. I, I got uh, I got a text line here to my show. Uh, several people texting in. Uh, Dave, one of them saying, "Tell Matt I'm a huge fan of his love 5440." Uh, somebody else saying, "Ocean Pearl, one of my top five favorite songs of all time." So that's pretty cool. And uh, there's a there's a brewery here in Edmonton, a craft uh, beer brewery called Alley Cat, and they make an Ocean Pearl beer that on their website they say is inspired by their love of 90s rock music. So a texter wants to know if you've tried Alley Cat's Ocean Pearl beer. <laughs> um, I, I, I I have not, but I have seen it. It's uh, and I I'm gonna that's the, one of the first things I'm gonna do when I'm there is uh, is uh, um, try a try a bottle or hopefully it's on tap somewhere if, hopefully that's a possibility well I'll, I'll, I'll try to find that out and and, uh, and let you know or somebody can text in if they know if ocean pearls on tap anywhere and uh, just quickly I mean you guys have been I mean I'm sure you've played hundreds if not thousands of Canadian shows uh, I'll throw one at you here any any special memories of an Edmonton show or is there anything unique about an Edmonton audience um, we've been playing Edmonton for so long I remember the early days when we used to play um, uh, up at the university, um, and uh, those early days, you know, like the support we got, we'd have one record out, and uh, really very little airplay at the time, and yet, you know, we'd play uh, um, the university there and be packed, and uh, um, it was always, uh, I don't know, I just always felt in Edmonton there was... uh, a great art scene there and it was very supportive of music and uh, always supported this band um, um, pretty well since day one so uh, um, and then uh, God, we've played so many shows there I don't I don't know if I'd have a, uh, a favorite or not but uh, I just remember how supportive those early audiences were for sure that's great to hear. Matt, thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports. 54.40 tomorrow, K-Days at the Tim Hortons North Stage. Uh, 9.30, you guys are scheduled to go on. I hope it's an awesome show, Matt. Thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit tonight. Hey, and just to let you know, Neil, our singer, is a, an Oilers fan. Oh, well, there you go. So maybe he'll have a yeah. McDavid jersey on stage or people can get a Let's Go Oilers chant going. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough to take from a Canucks fan here, but I just wanted to let your audience know. Right on. Thanks, Matt. Have fun in Edmonton. Cheers. That is Matt Johnson checking in tonight. Great interview. Drummer for 5440. Inside Sports on Chad. We'll take a quick timeout. CFL tonight, Hamilton leading Saskatchewan 14-4. We'll keep you updated on that one. Andy Fantuz, great Canadian receiver who played for both teams, announcing his retirement after a 12-year career. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Chad, wow, that was awesome to have Matt Johnson 
on the show a few minutes ago. He is the drummer for 5440. Uh, as he said, he's a big Vancouver Canucks fan, but their lead singer cheers for the Edmonton Oilers. Just want to hop into something else here, and uh, it, it's related to the Bissell Centre, and they have a really important campaign going on right now. So I want to talk about it for a few minutes with Devin Komarniski from the Bissell Centre. Devin, thanks for coming on the show tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, so the campaign here uh, is Drop Your Gaunch. So uh, a good attention-grabbing name, but but this is really important uh, as it pertains to the Bissell Centre and homelessness in our city. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question I never thought I'd ask on Inside Sports, Devin, but it's it's a it's a serious one. Why underwear? That's a very good question. Um, I think, you know, let's flip that back towards uh, yourself and your experience. Why underwear for you or why underwear for anybody else? It's that first layer that provides us that comfort when we walk out the door and that dignity of having a clean pair of underwear is important to us and it's most definitely important to those who are on the street as well. Uh, But it's even more um, serious on the street because people can go months without uh, fresh, clean underwear. They're either, you know, tattered, soiled, and, uh, you know, it's just, again, it's undignifying and we want to collect as much underwear as we can, new underwear to help people. All right. Well, and I mean, I know the Bissell Center takes donations all year long. You've got this drive going on here for underwear. Drop your gaunch uh, started Monday. You're going to go through to Saturday, though, of course, people can donate year round. But am I am I hearing from you, Devin, that when it, when it comes to the donations, uh, underwear is often a forgotten item? Absolutely. Um, underwear, if you think about it, um, you know, it's commonly... Um, talked about as unmentionables. We've heard that term, and I think that maybe came from the past a little bit, and we're moving past that idea of it, that it's taboo to talk about it. But, you know, if it's something that we would consider unmentionables, it definitely is forgotten when it comes to donating. Um, And if people don't even like talking about underwear traditionally, then going out to buy underwear for strangers is not a comfortable thing. So we campaign around it. We help break the the ice on the uh, the conversation around underwear, and just say, hey, look, this is a need, and uh, we have a week to just collect as many as we can to like bring that health, hygiene, comfort, and dignity to people in the inner city. Well, and I, and I, I know uh, you you set the goal of of five thousand, but obviously you you're happy to go well beyond that because of the great need for this. Uh, so BissellCenter.org. BissellCenter.org if uh, people want to check out more. And uh, whether it's for this or or anything else people want to donate to the Bissell Center, uh, are, we, are we looking at the 96th Street location for a drop-off, or what can you tell us? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have our thrift shop on 118th Avenue and our South Side drop-off, and then our main center downtown at uh, 105-2796th Street. Uh, but we just encourage people to go to BissellCenter.org. All that information is there for them. All right, and it's uh, Drop Your Gaunch. you got the hashtag going on Twitter, and again, more uh, more on your website. So, uh, yeah, new underwear uh, can be donated here as part of this campaign. Devin, thanks for the update. Great work that you guys continue to do. I hope we can talk again. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. We're back after the news. Listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, good to have you along for the ride.
Pride this evening. It is 14-4. Hamilton leading Saskatchewan. Second quarter CFL action tonight. The Eskimos on their bye week. They will play one week from tonight in Montreal. We'll have it for you on 6.30. Chad, 4 o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game at 5.30. The Edmonton Prospects won again last night. They have won six in a row. They take on Medicine Hat tonight at 7 at Remax Field. There was that water main break in the area, but won't be a problem for fans to get in and out of the building. Uh, the Prospects up to 19 and 18 on the season. Medicine Hat is 30 and 7. The record for wins in a WNBL season is 39. Medicine Hat has 12 games left. Three of their seven losses have been to the Edmonton Prospects. Don't forget, tomorrow, Prospects against Regina at 7. The Hot Stove, hosted by John Short, will start at 5. It'll feature uh, longtime baseball executive in Edmonton, Mel Kowalchuk. It'll feature longtime uh, baseball broadcaster, El Coates, and former Edmonton Trappers slugger, Ron Kittle, the 1983 American League Rookie of the Year. He was on the show last night. So if you have a ticket to the game, you can uh, go to the hot stove in the home plate lounge from 5 to 7. They're going to have classic cars out in front of the stadium as well. So that'll be a fun night, nostalgia night at uh, Remax Field. British Open underway. Kevin Kisner with a one-shot lead. He's five under par. Tiger Woods is tied for 32nd. He is at even. That's an update on some things going on in the world of sports. Uh, great to have Matt Johnson, dr- uh, drummer for 5440 on the show. Devin Komarniski checked in from the Bissell Center about the Drop Your Gaunch campaign. They're looking for underwear donations, new underwear for homeless in Edmonton. They're trying to collect 5000 by Saturday. But, of course, you can donate throughout the year and uh, yeah this is a a serious thing underwear an often forgotten item when it comes to clothing donations you can find out where the drop-off locations are by going to bisselcenter.org all right pleased to welcome back to the show the producer of oilers now our sideline reporter for edmonton eskimos games it is the one and only brendan ulrich brendan old boy what's going on not a whole lot, Reed. I'm really excited to be back on Inside Sports, I can tell you that. Well, I'd be, I, I'm sure you are. Thanks. I'll give you the 20 bucks tomorrow, except <laughs> it'll be $2 or an ice cap, whichever you prefer. Well, I also accept uh, Northern Chicken gift cards, too. That's all right. Oh, you're... That's all right with me. After <laughs> I went there, you gave me a gift card uh, a few weeks ago, and it was outstanding, so I've been craving it ever since. Oh, you went to Northern Chicken a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I bought my dad uh, some chicken for his birthday, and uh, on we went. It was great. <laughs> well, aren't you a good son, taking your dad out for fried chicken on his birthday? And uh, how nice plug for Northern Chicken. Uh, Brendan, got to, uh, keeping an eye on this Saskatchewan-Hamilton game tonight. First of all, Andy Fant, who's uh, retired today, played for both these teams. Uh, you know, Certainly one of the best Canadian receivers, well, probably of all time, and well, I'm trying to think, maybe the best of the last 15 or 20 years or so. And uh, one thing I always appreciate about Fantuzzi, he had that little move where he he could often get away, get away from guys and get some yards after the catch. Uh, a really good receiver, really tough receiver. He didn't make the glamorous catches, but he often made them. Yeah, and he was about as reliable as it gets. It seemed like he always came down with the ball and uh yeah he's a great guy by all by all accounts and uh it's sad to see a guy like that retire because I, I grew up watching him he was one of my favorite receivers despite playing for saskatchewan and hamilton but uh he was always fun to watch you know about that uh saskatchewan did get a field goal by the way 14-7 hamilton leading that game with a 220 left in the second quarter 
I, I, I'm not going to talk much about Terrell Owens. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, it's funny. I was I, I watched some ESPN clip on that today, and even the, the guy hosting the panel was like, I was reading about the Edmonton Eskimos. They have really good receivers. Why would they add them? Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, in terms of the Eskimos receiving core, I, I think – I think you and Dave Campbell even identified early last year, Brendan, that is that this might be. I don't know if either of you saw the the extremity of the yardage that we've seen so far from Duke, but you certainly saw it coming with Duke Williams if you put it all together. Oh, absolutely! And uh, I mean, he broke out in the preseason last year. Like, who is this guy? He looks like a horse out there. He sort of reminds me of, like Calvin Johnson or an Andre Johnson in the NFL. He just needed to figure out a few things, like his route running and uh, the CFL game, but now that he knows what he's doing out there and knows where to go and clearly has a connection with Mike Riley now, all the talent is there. So he has a chance to sort of run away with uh, the receiving uh, title this year in the CFL because Riley is looking for him uh, on almost every play, and he should be because if you throw it up there, he's likely going to, to come up with the ball. And uh, you, you would think if they start mixing in Brian Mitchell a little bit more, and uh, they get the run game going, it's only going to mean that Duke's more open. And with his size, no one can really cover him to begin with. So uh, the sky's the limit for his game. And, uh, you know, Mike Riley loves to throw the football. So these two could dominate the league the rest of the season. Then you sort of wonder what happens next with Duke. I could maybe see him one day getting to the NFL. You hope that's not the case because we hope he's an Eskimo here for a long time. Well, it's, it's, and you know what, people talked about this Walker NFL, no, he did come back. Zilstra NFL, we'll see if he comes back. And and people were even saying last year is Duke the next Eskimos receiver that might go get a shot in the NFL. The thing that separates him from Walker and Zilstra is the size. Now Walker's very physical; he doesn't shy away from contact. But but Duke's got the 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 quote unquote bigger body. But he's he's learning the different routes and, and the different soft spots in the defense. And no better example than last Friday, the third down conversion. You know, that's a relatively short pattern. And then the touchdown, a relatively short pattern. It's not all jump balls for him. But it's, it's interesting how he's – and look, Darrell Walker is not done, but, but, it's, but it's interesting how he's sort of surpassed Walker this quickly this year, for me anyway, as, as Riley's first look. Yeah, and you go back to what the first uh, touchdown of the season for the Eskimos, it was what a big, long bomb for uh, Darrell Walker. But since then, it's been all Duke Williams for the most part. It is interesting you talk about, uh, you know – Duke running a lot of those, uh, you know, shorter routes because you would think that would be Walker, maybe Mitchell, maybe they're throwing it to Gable in situations like that, but it has been Duke everywhere all over the field. So when you have a guy with that much talent and that much skill, I guess you just got to throw it to him at all times, and that's what they're doing. Uh, Hamilton trying to drive here for some more points late in the half. They're uh, inside the Saskatchewan 40, up 14-7. It uh, has been an interesting start for the Riders. Kalaros, who you know I've always liked, Brendan, though I've every year I have to back off because something seems to go wrong for him. Uh, so, I mean, that hasn't helped. But there's the Deron Carter. Well, it is a controversy, certainly in, in Rider Nation, about him playing defense most of the time. Uh, the Riders aren't as, as good as I thought they will be. Chris Jones' teams tend to keep improving throughout the season. We'll see if that happens. Calgary is once again Calgary. I mean, they haven't lost a lot of games the last two and a half years. They just have lost the, the big one. Uh, who, who's the second-best team in the league in your mind? Hmm. Maybe Hamilton. From what I've seen uh, up close and personal, I've really been impressed 
by them. Of course, they beat the Eskimos. So I would say it's likely either the Eskimos or Hamilton. Maybe right now you give the edge to Hamilton because they beat the Eskimos. And that offense, watching them uh, you know, up close on the sidelines, uh, it was impressive. Now, the Eskimos' defense at that time had a lot of younger guys that were you know, just getting used to the CFL. And since that game, you know, they learned the hard way. They got beat, but they've gotten better because of that game against Hamilton and getting those reps. And, uh, you know, the Eskimos defense should be getting healthier as they move along here. So right now I think you have to give the edge to Hamilton, like what you said about Saskatchewan. They'll be there near the end of the season. Chris Jones likes to do things his way, and he's usually right. So everyone's questioning him right now, but eventually it will all work itself out for Saskatchewan. Uh, Obviously Calgary, they are, you know, (laughs) the best team right now in the CFL, and they just seem to, to get better and better each game so far this season. I don't know if anyone can catch them, but uh, right now I would say Hamilton. If Ricky Ray was playing for Toronto, uh, you would maybe say they would have a chance to be in that conversation, but uh, rookie quarterback right now with Franklin, we'll see uh, how much he can uh, take that offense uh, to the next step here because Ricky Ray obviously took them to the Great Cup last year, and uh, James Wilder Jr., um, he's really impressive. But as you talked, I know you were talking about this other night, they just throw the ball all these uh, receivers. The backs, like, get, the the backs yeah. get as many targets as the receivers, or at least yeah, more it's effective crazy ones. to watch. But that's what Tressman did in the uh, in the NFL as well when he was with Baltimore. There, Baltimore there is always just throwing to these running backs, and they really had a stud receiver in Baltimore. They do have one in Toronto and SJ Green, and he lit up the Eskimos the other night as well. But uh, I don't know. I would definitely say Hamilton is uh, the second best team right now, but uh, it's still early, and uh, I think the Eskimos may have something to say about that when it's all said and done. Going to be interesting to see the impact of Lule on BC. Obviously, they had that comeback uh, win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You mentioned the Eskimos defense, and specifically the Hamilton game, and, and look, it was a team loss, but a really tough night for Jordan Hoover and Money Hunter in the defensive backfield. Hoover's been replaced as a starter. Might the Eskimos have something, though, in Money Hunter? Oh, I think so. Yeah, the talent's there. Um, but, you know, you come into the CFL, it's it's not easy. It's a, a throwing league where they're throwing it all the time, and if uh, they see you're struggling, they're going to pick on you, and that's what, uh, you know, they did early in the season. But give him some props. He's learned from that. Uh, I know Mike Benavides loves the kid and thinks he has a ton of potential, and uh, clearly he's starting to show that a little bit as well. And once, uh, you know, some, some of the vets come back here from the injury, from the injuries, then uh, you can put everyone into place, and perhaps he's not playing as much. But the fact that he has this experience now should do him wonders moving forward. But uh, I really like what I've seen uh, the last few games. So we'll see what happens when they play a team like Calgary and Boldy by Mitchell starts slinging the ball over the field. Um, of course, the last two games have been against a rookie in James Franklin, and the Eskimos' defense has matched that and uh, they've done a good job, but it's only going to get tougher, I guess, moving forward for some of these youngsters. Well, Money Hunter's disadvantage is uh, his birth certificate because when Arjun Colhoun comes back, it gives the Eskimos a chance to put a Canadian in and maybe an American somewhere else, but I think the experienced Hunter is getting can't hurt. Uh, Brendan, I know you're busy this week. You're filling in for Bob on Oilers now. I look forward to your show tomorrow. Thanks for making time for me tonight, buddy. Have a great evening. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I was going to go to the driving range because I have a big golf game tomorrow with some colleagues at work, but it looks like it's going to rain, and I was hoping to practice up, but I don't know if I'll make it up. Uh, you don't need to practice golf, Brendan. Just go out there and hit it. <laughs> well, I'm going with uh, Jesse Bruce, and uh, as you know, her husband is Adam Bruce, 
and he's taught her a few things about golf, so I don't want to lose to a girl on a golf course. You know what I'm oh saying? Oh my goodness, there, there's a, there's a nice comment. Thank, thanks, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Take, S- take send the letters to Brandon, everybody, not me. <laughs> See you tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> take it easy. Brandon Ulrich, producer of Oilers now, sideline reporter for Eskimos broadcast here on 6:30. Chat. Always great to talk sports with him. Uh, speaking of golf, we have your Alberta Amateur Champion, freshly crowned this afternoon. Up next. <laughs> Listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Halftime: Hamilton 17, Saskatchewan 7. British Open: Kevin Kisner with the lead, five under par. Three golfers, one off the lead. Tiger Woods is five off the lead. He was even par today. He is tied for 32nd. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. The Alberta Amateur Golf Championship was decided this afternoon at Red Tail Landing, and this young man is your winner. Pleased to welcome AJ Armstrong to Inside Sports. AJ, you're on with Reed. How are you feeling, man? Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, congratulations on the uh, on the win at Red Tail Landing. Four rounds. You shot 64, 67, 70, and then 68 today. Your total of 269 ties the record for the best score in uh, in the amateur. Uh, I mean, an incredible four rounds. Uh, what was the key to you putting it together? Yeah, I think it was just kind of keeping the same mindset throughout those first four rounds. I got off to a really hot start. The first day, I was four under through my first four holes, and that just... Yeah, just stayed patient throughout the whole week and uh, didn't make too many mistakes, so I kept it pretty easy on myself, which was nice. Uh, Red tail landing, uh, more of a link-style course, a little more open, not a ton of trees, but what was tougher to deal with over the last four days, the the wind or the heat? Uh, yeah. yeah, as you said, the links course, um, it's pretty open, so it definitely suits my game. I'm kind of a longer hitter, and... Um, yeah, I think I definitely have an advantage with on those style of courses. But, um, yeah, honestly, the weather was pretty good. Yesterday morning was the only uh, kind of iffy part, but we actually got lucky. We had a rain delay, and so all, this, all the bad weather moved through, and it ended up being a really nice day. So, And the wind stayed down for the most part as well, which is um, pretty rare out there. So we had a really nice four days, and... Um, I'm pretty used to the heat playing down in Washington over the summer at school. So, um, yeah, I thought the conditions were great, and they really favored my game. So, uh, I know you had a tough challenge uh, on the back nine today. Uh, you know, some other golfers were pushing hard. I think it was actually tied with uh, with six or seven holes to go. Uh, yeah. t- tell me about you know mentally keeping it together and 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 staying focused because you know I know you know the prize that's waiting at the end but but you gotta you gotta keep that one shot at a time mentality. Yeah, exactly. So I started the day up four shots, and then um, Jesse Galvin, one of the guys I was playing with, was five under through seven, and um, yeah, after seven holes, we ended up tied. So. Uh, yeah, definitely not the start I was looking for, but um, I knew it was going to be a battle all day, and we had a lot of a lot of back and forth. He was up, I was up, and then I was able to string together three birdies on the back nine, which put me up by two at the time, and then he made a bogey, which put me up by three. So I had a little bit of a cushion at the end, but yeah, it was definitely a mental battle more than anything. Um, I just tried to tried to worry about myself as much as I could, not look at too many leaderboards, but yeah, it's definitely tough when you know um, you got lots of guys breathing down your neck. So, 
AJ Armstrong joining us on Inside Sports. Won the Alberta Amateur Golf Championship this afternoon at Red Tail Landing. So you're 21 years old. You mentioned you're going to Washington State. Uh, wh- where did it start for you? Who was the first pers- person to put a golf club in your head? Yeah, so it started out, uh, I grew up in St. Albert, and uh, it's my dad, so I grew up close to Sturgeon Valley, and we used to go out there in the evenings and hit range balls and play some holes, and I just kind of fell in love with it there, and then uh, I got into tournament golf when I was about 11 years old. I started playing some of the McLennan Ross Sun Junior Tour events, um, which was a great tour, which kind of opened my eyes to, you know, junior golf and competitive golf, and um, that's where I learned that I could compete, and then that led me into uh, some of the bigger Alberta golf events and the CN Future Links. And then, um, yeah, I ended up making Team Alberta, and then that led to Team Canada, and then that ultimately landed me a scholarship at Washington State. So just kind of one thing led it led to another, and I worked my way up through the system. So, so you've played uh, three years with the Cougars. Yeah. Going into my last year. Going into your last year. Now, how, how many people are on a golf team in an NCAA school? Uh, it varies. On my team, there was 10 last year. I think we're going to have nine this upcoming year, but it can range anywhere from seven or eight to, I know some schools like Houston have 16 or 17 guys. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and do you, yeah. now when a, there's a golf meet or term in the NCAA is it is it every guy for himself or do you play like team competition sort of like uh, the Ryder Cup yeah so there's a team side to it and then there's an individual as well so uh five guys from each team travel to each tournament and then uh the tournaments are three rounds and you count the top four out of five scores and then so that adds up to your team score for the day and then so there's an overall team leaderboard and then your individual scores count towards the individual leaderboard, so there's kind of two. Is it, to it is it pretty competitive, like just within your team, to get you know the opportunity to like? Will you play in every every event, or how does that work? Yeah, it's it's really competitive. I was able to play in every event this last year, but my first two years I didn't play in quite all of them. But yeah, it's kind of a weird dynamic because. Um, you know, golf's such an individual sport, and it's such an individual sport growing up. And then you get on a team where you want to root for the guys you're playing with, but at the same time, you have to beat them to make the traveling lineup. So that's kind of different. But yeah, it's definitely very competitive. We'll have qualifying before tournaments, and our coach will just send us off on tee times, and the top five guys oh, that wow. day get to oh, get to travel for the next three days or the next weekend or whatever. So. Okay, well, well, so that's tough. So you, so you, you can't take yeah. any, uh, you can't have any light practice days. You always got to be ready to go. Uh, yeah. AJ, what else is ahead for you this summer before you, you head back to school? Yeah, so I have uh, this, and then I, I'm i heading down to Montana actually this weekend for a U.S. Amateur qualifier. Uh, the U.S. Amateur actually at Pebble Beach this year, so if I can qualify for that, that'd be great. And uh, that's at... Uh, that's just before I head back to school. That's in the second week of August. And before that, I'm going to Victoria for the Canadian men's amateur, which will be kind of the big cap off to the summer if I, assuming I don't play in the U.S. amateur. But Right on. What are you studying in school? I'm in accounting with a sport management minor. So... All right, and uh, now I apologize if I get ahead of myself with some of these questions, AJ. I do that occasionally. No problem. Uh, are, are, like, do you plan to turn pro next summer, or what's going to happen there, do you think? 
Yeah, so my parents are actually moving down to Phoenix, um, and so uh, once I graduate uh, from Washington State, I'll move down there and potentially try some mini-tour events down there, um, and then potentially do PGA Tour Canada Q School, which would be back up here uh, next summer, so... All right. Now, when you when you were younger, as you know, uh, AJ, growing up in St. Albert in the Edmonton area, it, it, it snows here sometimes. What, what, what did you used to do in the winter to keep your swing sharp? Yeah, in the winters, uh, I'd travel down as much as I could to Phoenix and uh, play a few tournaments down there as much as I could. Um, but I think taking a break is actually a good thing. I know a lot of the juniors down in the States that can play year-round get kind of tired out of it so i think it helped me stay fresh and when we do get to golf up here it kind of motivates me to you know be outside and just soak it all in so well aj congratulations on winning the alberta amateur uh great story all the best uh with washington state i hope we can do this again and can you just hang on the line for a sec yeah all right, I'll just put AJ on hold. Just got to talk to him uh, after we uh, after we wrap up this segment. Congratulations to AJ. What a performance at Red Tail Landing. Great first hour of the show, and uh, we're far from done. We'll get an update on the Canadian swim trials going on at the Kinsman. Talk a little more golf. All ahead, Inside Sports on Chet. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.